This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Malika Basu. In this episode, I'm speaking to Patty Elliott. Hello, Patty. Hello, Malika. So nice to have you here. So nice to see you and finally to meet you in person. <laughs> <laughs> now, please introduce yourself and tell us how you got into cooking in the first place. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, I'm Patty Pandean Elliott. I am Indonesian food writer and chef based in the UK since five years ago. So I started uh, when I was small at my grandmother's kitchen, my maternal grandmother's kitchen in Manado, North Sulawesi Island. Maybe people don't know where it is because it's not well known as Bali. But yeah, I started when I was around nine. I was like her sous chef because she asked me to get things in the garden. And she taught me how to gut fish or clean uh, chicken and to give me understanding about the regional spices and herbs, basically. So yeah, it's uh, amazing to talk about that moment, you know. it's how, I mean, it's just conjuring up all these images. I can just imagine you as a young child sort of mm-hmm. running around in beautiful nature. And it's yes. very special, isn't it? It's very special. And I, I'm very um, grateful to have the opportunity to witness Indonesian food. It was in a traditional form because, of course, that like, wow, 40 years ago. And that was... The basic for me to understand not only Manadonese cuisine, North Sulawesi, but the differences with other regional Indonesian cuisine. That's really fascinating. So was there a pivotal moment? Was there a moment in your love of cooking that sort of set you on the path to take it up professionally? There were many. The first big moment, perhaps, when the very first time uh, I lived in the UK in year 1999, 2001. So it's very short, only two years. But I joined BBC Master Chef at that time. Uh, the competition, of course, was so different than now. Uh, I remember I went to Barry St. Edmund to compete with the others in this uh, culinary school. That one. And when I went back to Indonesia the following year, uh, not until the third year, I got offered to write about food in uh, a magazine in Jakarta. 
And a uh, few years later, I published, uh, self-published my papaya flower cooking book mm. of Manado, of course, my grandma recipe. And to bring me to professional kitchen, I got offered to design my own menu at uh, one of five-star establishment in Jakarta. And uh, the chef, he's uh, Australian chef, and he, of course, guided me because I never done this kind of fine dining um, event inspired by Manadonese cuisine. And it's fascinating because that is uh, the, the beginning of the change in uh, culinary scene in Jakarta. Gosh, that sounds that sounds absolutely wonderful. I'm going to ask you a little bit about papaya flower. Is mm-hmm. that literally the flower of the papaya plant? Yes. In Manado, it was, well, until today, it's the signature vegetable dish. Really? Not only the flower, but also the leaves and, of course, the fruit. The raw papaya we use as vegetables as well. We grate it. Mixed with a smoked tuna and mm. it's uh, the feeling of empanada, which is panada in Manado. So it's, it's fascinating. Gosh, my mouth just watered a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is going to be what it's like, isn't it? I'm going to be really, really hungry after this. And and that's wonderful because it's sort of no waste cooking, which is, of course, we're all talking about it at the moment. And uh, that sounds absolutely lovely. Um, was there a particular person? You mentioned your grandmother. Was there anyone else, like when you started getting into this professionally, someone who supported you or encouraged you that, you know, you'd like to share with us? I think actually the very important person is uh, there's, you know, there's a Scottish guy in Jakarta. He runs a uh, media for expatriate community. He was the the one opened the door for me, perhaps, to, to have my own column. And, you know, for how many years? 12 years. Wow. I end up writing for his magazine for 12 years until actually I moved back to England five years ago in that is, 2018. That is a long time, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's actually time. quite unheard of to have a column yeah. for that. Wow, that's really good, mm-hmm. Betty. Amazing. And so what sort of food were you eating? You were growing up, you know, with the family and what were you actually eating at home? You know, I I came from a very diverse family. My Paternal grandmother, half Dutch, half Indonesian. My maternal grandmother, half Chinese, half Indonesian. So I grew up with many different cuisines since I was small. So there's something uh, with Dutch influence. Let's say Brennerbone is a red bean soup with pork and spices. Mm, uh, red bean, is that like a kidney bean? Yes. Wow. Kidney beans. Gosh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's very actually European because it's very hearty, you know, mm. and it's a bit rich, but of course, there's nutmeg in it, uh, cloves, uh, and we serve with dabu dabu. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we serve with dabu dabu, which is like tomato salsa. So it's like. Um, the dabu dabu give uh, freshness, you know, rather than very rich soup. Actually, with the with the salsa, uh, with chili and lime juice in Manado, we we have uh, not we don't use lime, but we use uh, calamansi citrus. So it's give a lot of freshness to this uh, kind of heavy soup. And you know, for breakfast, I might have. Um, white slice of bread with margarine and maces, which is chocolate sprinkle, which is Dutch influence. But the following morning, I might have banana, fried banana. 
And the following morning, I, I might have a, a bowl of noodles or fried rice. Gosh, so, that sounds awful. And that's only bro- breakfast, but oh, it's just uh, so much. And again, you know, I'm so grateful to have that experience since young age because when you try many different food, uh, your palate kind of uh, get used to it. Right. Absolutely. And I love the idea that there was your family had such like such variety in it. And you were trying all these different kinds of food. I love chocolate sprinkles on bread, by the way. It's so Dutch, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And calamansi limes. Remind me, what what is that? That is? That is uh, is, um, totally different than lime. It's it's more smaller. It has different colors, but it has a lot of juice, but very sour, of course. Yeah, it's like, I think in the Philippines also they have calamansi. Mm-hmm. They do. And I believe um, Malaysia too, maybe. Yes, yes they do, yes. Mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, and what was it like? So you had all this amazing food, all this like diverse backgrounds and heritage and the family. Did you eat together? Was that a big ritual? Yes, we do. Uh, but mostly... Maybe Sunday, because I remember um, uh, we always spend time with my grandmother when we were small. You know, my, my parents both were working and after school, we always end up uh, with my grandmother. So uh, we eat, you know, I eat with my, my siblings and cousins. But um, Sunday, my mom always cooks. So after church, we will eat together. Uh, it's like family it's like Sunday lunch, perhaps like for a big Sunday yes. lunch. And uh, often, um, or yeah, from time to time, we go out after after church to uh, uh, different to non Manadonese restaurant, maybe South Sulawesi restaurant or Chinese Manado restaurant. So something uh, my mom wouldn't cook at home. That's so giving yeah. herself a bit of a break, That's basically. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about you now? Do you follow that tradition? What do you do for Sunday lunch here? Yeah, actually, I love uh, Sunday lunch. And but sadly, my children they are grown up, grown up now, so not every Sunday they they back at home with us. Uh, but often we have friends, and I like entertain my friends with Indonesian food. I think it's really nice to kind of uh, share my culture to my British friends and I think through fruit we th- through food we always make new friends or Absolutely. make our friendship stronger and yeah it's just lovely uh, it's such an important part of the sort of journey isn't it the migrant journey as well and sort of you know joining communities together and everything exactly. mm-hmm. I love that now tell me about your favorite dish what is it and why is it special to you mm. Uh, gosh, I have many, but one particularly are like uh, ikan woku, which is very Manadonese. Uh, it's very unfamiliar, maybe for many people. Basically, it's a, it's a traditional Manado fish, which uh, normally we cook whole fish with a lot of uh, uh, mixed spice, turmeric, galangal, ginger, chili shallot garlic mm. and um, you make that ingredients into a paste and mix with uh, lemongrass um, local basil even pandan leaf or turmeric leaf sometimes and wrap in palm leaf and wow. barbecue so, so it's very complex palm leaf not banana leaf no and there is a difference yes it's huge different not only the shape 
and the color, but it's just uh, it comes from totally different plants. Basically, down woka, which is the palm leaf, is uh, it's come from certain leaf, and we use the young bit. So when when you harvest or you, you yeah you harvest the the leaf, you know it's like something whole. But when you open, it's like a van. Oh, like a fan. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. A different shape and everything. Yes. And in terms of the flavor, what sort of flavor are we getting with um, palm leaves? It's not as leafy as banana leaf, actually. Mm. You know, with banana leaf, you have uh, it's a very grass. distinctive. Yeah, it's quite grassy, yeah, grassy banana yeah. leaf. Palm leaf give different, different flavor and aroma. And I think it's so unique because... It's quite interesting. It's only available in Manado. In I was North going Sulawesi. to ask you, yes, yeah. is it widely available? Mm-hmm. But you'd need to go back there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and can you substitute it? Can you actually substitute the palm leaf for a banana leaf? Would you do that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right, right. And and here, of course, I use uh, this cooking technique with banana leaf mostly. Mm-hmm. But it's interestingly, there's possibility you make this woku into everyday dish with cooking the whole things uh, in a wok, using a wok. And it it end up, of course, we call it ikan woku blanga because blanga in Manadonese means a wok. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how does it work? So you have this fish, you've got the paste. Yes. Then. And the fish normally, of course, you from the whole fish, you, you slice or you divide the fish to four, five pieces, depend on the size of the fish. And you saute the paste first and put the, the herbs and add water and a bit tomato. And it's like a little bit like a stew, perhaps. Mm. And it's just so amazing, the the layer of flavors and the fragrance. But for me, it's quite uh, interesting to find out that the paste, you know, the the turmeric paste is the basic of many regional cuisine paste. In Java, you can find it. In Sumatra, you can find it. And to make it different, to differentiate regional cuisine, the difference is what dry herbs you add and what herbs you add. Interesting. Yeah. And when you say turmeric paste, that is literally fresh turmeric yes. that is ground into a paste. That's right. It has a very different flavor to... Mm-hmm dried ground turmeric doesn't it yes and it's fascinating because in indonesia we never use uh let's say uh turmeric powder ginger powder or galangal everything fresh mm. and even chili is fresh chili mostly there are some region let's say in aceh they use dried chili but everything fresh mm. so it is uh, totally different yeah you're right because the concentrate or intensity of each spices when it's dry of course it's more intense but when it's fresh it's more mild so that's why if you try Indonesian curry it's not very strong uh, layers of spices When did you first start cooking this dish? Is it Did you learn it when you were you know back home in, in a professional kitchen or did your granny teach you? Oh my grandmother Did uh, she? Taught me Yeah and that's why it's a special, special dish for me I always remind my grandma the smell of her kitchen especially to do it in traditional way because uh, her kitchen is very traditional you know and she cooked with wood fire 
Uh, it's very trendy these days. It's very it? trendy. Wood yeah. fires, are, it's all coming yeah, back, Betty, exactly. you know. It's amazing. We're all, it's full circle. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I know your first cookbook, which you self-published, Papaya Flower, was more traditional and you have a new cookbook coming out. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is very exciting. But of course, there are certain modifications you'd mm-hmm. have to make. So, yeah. you know, have you done anything to modify some of the dishes? Are there some obvious sort of shortcuts or hacks that you've had to use because of what's available mm-hmm. and, you know, what we're working with? Yes, uh, I do. And I believe actually to recreate a traditional dish, especially from a kitchen away from the the ingredients, the center of the ingredients, let's say, is quite challenging. So for the woku blanga, for this fish um, uh, dish, I even make with a lot of tomato. Mm. So because I like the idea to serve with uh, pasta or rice so uh, and it's just nice to to cook with uh, different seafood so yeah in my book actually it's very modern um, but the flavor is still very authentic authentic yeah. yes and yeah. that's mm-hmm. needs must as well yeah. I was going to ask you what you would eat it with so that's very useful to know mm-hmm. so that's really interesting in terms of someone who hasn't tried um, Indonesian food before and you know you've now got this cookbook that mm-hmm. decodes it and explains it what would you say sort of sums up you know the flavors and the you know the textures and things is there sort of what can we expect it's a very good question and the things is, you know, Indonesian cuisine is the result of fusion food happened like centuries ago. We have Chinese-influenced food. We have Arabic-Indian-influenced food. We have European-Indonesian food. So it's so uh, varied. It's, uh, it's so much diversity in, in the cuisine. And it's reflect of a lot of things. First, the Indonesia is the mar- you know it's maritime country, and the location is very yeah. It's just people will pass Indonesia if from one end to the others, you know. And also, of course, um, remember that Indonesia was the center of the Spice Island from 15th mm-hmm. century. Indonesia is the home of nutmeg and clove. Nutmeg and clove, yes. Which, uh, the island, the Spice Island, is li- lo- located in Maluku Province. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fascinating to visit the place because it's just, wow. Although it's a very small place, but my goodness, what the impact this island Amazing, gave right? to the world. The world, yeah. a global, global impact. Exactly. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love to visit, actually. Yeah. Now you're making me think about it. I'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> Done, let's go. Um, I have a few quick rapid-fire questions for you, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorites. So what is your most well-thumbed cookery book? You know, I think I have, I have to say Delia Smith. Because, uh, you know, when when I just started, I uh, I read a lot or cook a lot from from her book. She is mm-hmm. the queen, isn't yes. she? She mm-hmm. really is. I have all her. Um, you know, mm-hmm. how to boil an egg, etc., yeah. etc. What music do you cook to? Depend on my mood. Sometimes I I like to listen to let's say gamelan, Indonesian, uh, Javanese, Balinese uh, uh, instrument. I like Adele. I like uh, classic. Music, so it depends on my mood, really. Depends yeah. on your mood, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a great cheap eats restaurant or a pub or a market that you go to? Well, if people want to try Indonesian food, they can go to Pino's Warung in Camden Market. Oh, how, um, how Pino? P P I N O Warung. Warung means warung, uh, yes, a small stall, uh-huh. a food stall. 
Yeah, it's not maybe not very very cheap, but I think is uh, is good to try. Good to try that yeah. and and get a mm-hmm. feel and a taste for exactly. it. Exactly, fantastic. Um, if I opened your fridge, what will I always find in it, Betty? What's always in your fridge? The spiced turmeric paste. I always have it because really? it's so convenient for me to cook. Lot of things I can create like hundred things from the paste. Depend on what I want. So you just always you make always it and you just batch, have it yes, ready to exactly. go. That's a good tip, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, confession time. So, mm-hmm. what is the biggest ever cooking disaster that you've had? Oh gosh, uh, you know I remember vividly. I was uh, cooking at one of amazing establishment in Frankfurt during Frankfurt Frankfurt Book Fair. I was preparing oxtail soup, Indonesian oxtail soup with modern twist. And by accident, one of the kitchen staff threw away my consomme, oxtail consomme, two hours before the dinner. Mm. I was so nervous. So really that's so making nervous. me a bit nervous yes. right now. Yeah. How could they do that? It's just, uh, as I said, by accident, because uh, the head chef asked him to kind of Clear? Clean the pot, but because, you know, consomme is clear, right? And he thought it's uh, nothing. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. But uh, lucky they have uh, beef stock. I know it's different, but at least we can flavor, flavor the beef stock with Indonesian spices. Um, so... Oh, so you a... got saved. Of course, that yeah. would have been a huge cooking disaster. Yeah. Um, any food that you've never tried... Maybe you'd like to try it. I don't know. I think insects are never tried, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It has come up before. Yes. Insects. insects. Would you? Would you try it? Uh, I think just for the sake of it, I will. Just to try, you know. The food of the future. Yes. That's right. We've got to do it. At some point, we have to take the leap. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Any guilty pleasures? Any food you like eating or anything you like drinking? Oh, gosh. For me, it's chocolate. (gasps) Luckily, I like dark chocolate, good quality well, chocolate, that's but I will to eat know. every day chocolate. Really? Yes. Well, at least it's not the milky like yeah. shop bought. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to mention any brands. We're not going to talk badly about any brands. But dark chocolate is one of the pleasures of life. Yeah, but you know, every day, I don't mind to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, and finally, you know, you've obviously got your second book out. It's, it's going to launch you again, once again, in the world of food writing. And, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I just wondered if there was something that you were optimistic about. What are you looking forward to the most in the next few months? Well, I find it's a very exciting time with my book. And perhaps uh, I can contribute uh, to give more information about my country, you know, with 17,000 island with 700 dialect, with over a thousand ethnicity to make the world understand better. And I really want to kind of use the time to, yeah, to talk more about the Old Spice Island because I think the, the whole world forgot about it. So, and something, actually there's some, it's something for me, something hopeful, you know, uh, to, yeah, to promote uh my culture, and I hope, uh, I really like, you know, the, the idea of spice connection, because in the end of the day, we all connected through through food, through spices, because in every food culture around the world, there's always spices, right? 
So, yeah. It's a very universal love for sure. Um, thank you so much, Betty, for joining us today. And um, all the very best. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the BBC Good Food Podcast. If you'd like to hear more podcasts, subscribe now so you're always up to date. And don't forget our bonus recipe episode is out on Thursday. Bye for now. Bye for now.